This morning on Vancouver Consumer, we're talking about money, money, and more money, personal investment, uh, wealth planning, mortgages, and things of the like. Some great information for you this morning, and we'll invite you to participate as well. Todd Talbot of Love It or Listed Vancouver is a regular guest on Vancouver Real Estate Today, and I asked him about the listings in the market that do not sell, even when the market's as hot as the one that we're in right now. And so my house has been on the market for quite a while, and yet no action. Did you put your name on the house, Ian? <laughs> Because if that's the case, we know what the problem is. There's the reason. All right. Okay. Let me answer you this uh, very simply. It's overpriced. I mean, it's it it is uh, my brother. It's that simple. We can go home now. We can go home now. My brother, who's an accountant, is uh, is a very smart boy. I was going to call him a smart boy. He's younger than me. He's a smart man. Sorry, Eric. Uh, He's a very smart man, and you know, he often says to me, you know, anything will sell if it's priced right. Yes. You know, and that and that applies to. Shoes, it applies to um, cars, and it applies to houses. Uh, market value, which we've discussed before, is a complicated moving mm-hmm. target of a lot of different elements. But ultimately, if that property hasn't sold, the market is telling us that it's overpriced. Now, it might be overpriced based on some other issues that are either with the property or with the house or with the traffic noise, or you know, or the, there's or other, the crack house next door. E- exactly. So there's other things to consider. But in pricing your house, you need to take into consideration all of those. So at the end of the day, it funnels back to price. Okay. And I like to look at any property that hasn't had some sort of action in terms of offer um, in the first 15 days. I think you've got your, you know, your sweet spot is in your first 15 to 20 days. Especially in this market, if you don't have something where it's resonated with the market, you're then you need, you're off the mark. Yeah. So let me ask you then, if that's the case, so let's say after a couple of weeks, you're not getting any action, no offers, nothing. Should you reduce the price or should you take it off the market and rest for a bit? Well, you could do, I, I think you need to analyze why. You need to kind of reverse engineer what's going on. Have we had any calls? Have we had any showings? What is the feedback from the people that have come? I mean, that's your that's your agent's job is to make sure they're eliciting that information either from the prospective buyer or from their agent and figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and then kind of reverse engineer. As I said, oftentimes it does revolve around price. There might be issues with the house where, you know, let's say let's say you've got it painted in a colorful manner. <laughs> and the first thing that people see when they walk in the door is this, you know, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat color, color scheme. It might be wise to take it off the market, paint it out very neutral, and then reintroduce it. Right. Because that, I mean, this is a very simplistic example, but there might be something like that where you can go back, retool, and then reintroduce it to the marketplace. Um, but more times than not, it's a pricing issue. So the checks and stripes might not work in the hallway. Price is probably the first place that you have to look, and then you have to start to work your way back. I just want to make sure I have this straight because it seems to me today that houses are, or condos, whatever the property is, they just go like that. They're done. They're gone. If they're priced right. And that's the trick. And we've yeah. talked, we've talked yeah. about this before, and, and I don't know that we have a whole lot of time to get back into it. But <laughs> It always comes back to money. Every conversation yeah. about real estate no, comes back right. to money. No, you're right. And that's kind of disappointing in a way, but, and because people have this emotional attachment to their property when it comes to pricing, 
Give us the 30 seconds 101 on pricing then. How to set that price. So figure out market value as best you can. Evaluate that. And let's say we decide that it's a million dollars. Now you need to look at what is your pricing strategy? What are your goals in terms of timeline? Because timeline affects cost as well. Do you want to sell fast? What, is, what are the market conditions? Right now, they're very hot. If you're going to price, you know, we might look at it and say, you know, $950,000 or $900,000 to get a lot of excitement in there through the door. And we believe that our target number is a million dollars. I mean, there's other people who want to kind of, th- you know, a fishing analogy, throw the lure out there and <laughs> see what happens. Let the market catch up to it. I believe that that's a dangerous game to play. If you're interested in selling your house, get the number right, put it on the market, and see if the market resonates with it. Yeah. So if your house hasn't sold, there's something wrong. You need to talk to your realtor. Your realtor needs to come up with some answers. Fair? Fair enough. Absolutely. Watch Todd Talbot and his co-host, Jillian Harris, on Love It or Listed Vancouver tomorrow night, as it is every Monday night at 10 o'clock on the W Network. The show is also seen on HGTV in the U.S. Interesting about the show Love It or List It Vancouver because when it airs on HGTV in the States, all references to Vancouver are removed. And since we've been running this series with Todd Talbot, I get more email about, where's that house? How can I, I've lived in this area all my life. How can I get to that house? Well, there are some, some trade secrets that will never be revealed. But if you have any idea and want to guess, <laughs> by all means, drop a line and we'll see if you are correct or not. To me, that's part of the fun. Besides the whole concept of love it or list it, the fun is trying to figure out what neighborhood they're in. Uh, they're in season three right now on love it or list it Vancouver. And that again is 10 o'clock in the evening on Mondays on the W Network. We're going to come back in a moment after a quick break, and the topic is mortgages. And how can you get into the market? We hear so much about you'll never, ever get into the market. Our next guest says there is a way to get into the market. It takes a little bit of planning, but you can do it. Vancouver Consumer continues on News Talk 980 CKNW. The Mortgage Show is a highly successful home financing program heard Saturday evenings at 7 on CKNW. Featuring longtime host Angela Calla, an award-winning accredited mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers, The Mortgage Show takes the fear out of financing and details how mortgage consumers can improve their monthly cash flow. And with the real estate market seemingly spinning out of control, Angela has a way of finding the calm to make things work for most people from all walks of life. And we welcome you. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Ian. Nice to have you with us. Uh, What's your take on the real estate market in Metro Vancouver? Everybody has an opinion, and I have no doubt that you do too. Well, you know, Ian, it's certainly very emotionally charged right now. And this just reminds me, again, everything that we see now, we've seen before. I saw this in 2006 and 2007. So it really just brings back the memories of that era of the cycle. And, again, we help remove the emotion, help you plan, help you see things clearer, and you have options. Yeah. So a lot of what we're hearing is headline news, uh, stuff that makes for sexy headlines, uh, good news stories, uh, a lot of it, of course, all of it is true, or if not all, most of it. And it's interesting, but when we dig a little deeper, 
really what we're hearing in the headlines is affecting few people. It really is affecting few people. And, you know, I just, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about in terms of affordable real estate today, I think about my parents and their story. You know, my parents were renting a a basement suite in Kitsilano just when they got married, and they thought, oh, we'd love to buy a house here in Kitsilano. Wouldn't it be great? But they couldn't afford it. And what they did is the same thing that we practice in our business every day. 35 years ago, they said, what's our rent payment right now here in Kitsilano? Where can we afford to buy? And they bought a house in Surrey. And... I remember thinking, wow, because when I bought my first condo, my first condo price was a condo I bought in Vancouver, and for what I bought that condo was what my parents bought their house for in Surrey, (laughs) and I thought, oh my God, this is crazy, how can I do this? So the fundamentals never change. You look at what you can afford, and then where you can live as a result. You know, I think you're right, and uh, when I I bought my place uh, at the same time, uh, my first place, people were saying to me, you know, you'll never be able to afford. I, I was born and raised in Vancouver, and you'll never, ever get into the market. And that's a, that's a quite a number of years ago. But the same formula I used that you just described, I took what I was paying in rent every month, ended up, I mean, I had to have a, a down payment, and granted, I had to work for that. But once I had the down payment, I was able to get into the market and actually have a lower mortgage payment than what I was doing in rent. Exactly. That just reminds me of this gentleman, John, that I helped this week. John works at Air Canada, was renting a studio condo for $1,100 a month in downtown Vancouver. And he had actually owned a home before, got out of the market, moved away, came back, and he just last week bought a brand new studio apartment in South Surrey for less than his $1,100 a month rent. Nice. All in, he's about ten fifty, a thousand fifty. So yeah. now he's got a brand new studio, and because he bought brand new, he's got no PTT, even though he's not a first-time home buyer anymore. And, you know, he's in a brand new studio apartment, exact same condo, but new, of course, mm-hmm. in South Surrey instead of Vancouver. And... With the transportation, he's he's happy with the proximity to work, and he doesn't drive, and things are great. He's saving 50 bucks a month. What do you say, Angela Calla, to first-time buyers, then, who keep hearing that same message? Because it's everywhere. You'll never be able to get into the market. You have, it's, it's all about who you talk to. Because, you know, just good friends of mine, I helped them get, there was a, um, he was an accountant, and she, she was, he was a brand-new accountant, mind you, and she was a dental hygienist, and they thought, oh, we can never afford to buy. We're going to have to go way out into the Fraser Valley, and we work in the Tri-Cities. How is that possible? Well, it was really easy. With their income, they qualified for way more than they thought they could, and they ended up buying a house in Port Coquitlam for you know just, just over $500,000, and they were looking out in mission thinking that they'd have to buy out there. The formula is actually really simple. If you take what you earn and times it by five, that's generally what you can afford to get as a house. So if you earn $100,000 a year, both husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend who are moving into a place that's $50,000 a year each, you can buy for Mm $500,000. And I I should say that nothing wrong with living in Mission. Uh, 
and and that's not that wasn't your point. It was that he wanted to stay closer to where he was. They both worked in the Tri Cities, but they just because they didn't know better thought that they would have to go further out because they hadn't actually right. done the qualifications. They were just frozen by all the fear in the market. That seems to be yeah. There's that expectation that you have to go farther afield. Uh, is it fair though, as many people say, that uh, it, it may be that and as simple as lowering your expectations? Absolutely. Again, if we just go back to the fundamental example of my parents 35 years ago, they would have loved to own a house in Kitsilano when they were renting a basement suite there, but they just couldn't have it. So they bought a house in Surrey, and that's what worked for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I bought my first home, of course, would I have liked to buy a nice house in Vancouver? Yes, but I bought a condo. So, you know, it all starts with what your expectations are, and very fundamentally, you just look at what you're paying for rent right now, and then it's about learning what that affords you in the marketplace. And there's different options out there all the time. You know, if we just take John's example that I helped this week, he moved from a Vancouver studio to a South Surrey brand-new studio. But for the same money, he could have had a two-bedroom apartment if he wanted something a little bit that was, you know, 25 to 30 years old in Surrey. So, you know, it just really depends on what's out there and what you can live with. Would you suggest, or what do you think of the idea, that some people might be better off staying away from the market until things cool down? because they will at some point, or until the government interferes, if they interfere at all. Do you think that that might be a good recipe for some people? Well, here's what I know from experience. You know, I know that homeownership has afforded myself and my family opportunities. And if there was ever a time to get out, when you got back in, it was more expensive. So my advice is, based on my own life experience, my family's life experience, and my client's life experience, is that the sooner you get in, the sooner you start paying down your mortgage and it affords you more opportunities mm-hmm. than if you didn't own. But, of course, if you, if you can't afford it right now, if you can't get a 5% down payment right now, if you don't have a steady income, then, of course, these are reasons why you have to wait. But otherwise, I would say adjust your expectations and get in as soon as you can so you can start building your equity. Yeah, so important. Uh, mortgages are so much more than rates. And yet it seems so few of us pay attention to anything but the rates. They do because not a lot of people understand exactly what an accredited mortgage professional does. And what we do is it's very black and white. We work together with the consumer to always be helping them save more money and make the bank less. And it's a total blindside for a consumer. They think, oh, I should just go to my bank where I've done my banking for 30 years and they'll take care of me. Of course, they'll do the best that they can do, but fundamentally, it's just completely different. It's black and white. If you go to any lending institution, their goal is to get you a product within their guidelines that will get you together with them and have them allow to continue to make the most amount of money that they can off of that borrower. When you work with a mortgage professional, our service is free. We get compensated from the lender where we place your mortgage. And we're always working on helping you optimize the market to protect yourself. And because we are without bias and have access to multiple institutions, we're showing you the blind side. We're showing you what the lenders aren't telling you. And the lenders are telling you all the awesome things about their mortgages, but they're not telling you the cons and how it compares. And as an example, any lender with a posted interest rate will charge you 
three times the amount to get out of that mortgage hmm. than a lender without posted rates. But when you go in there, they're certainly not going to lead with that. That <laughs> leads to a lot of sales, right? And some people think, well, I would never need to make a change to my mortgage unless I sell my house. That's not true. Think about divorce. Think about health changes. Think about people said in 2011 when 2.995 years six came out, people said, oh, my goodness, rates will never go lower than, than what they are right now. You have to lock in. Well, look, they're lower right now. And mm-hmm. we never thought it was possible. So when you work with an accredited mortgage professional, we're looking at the things that can happen. And regardless of what's happening with the market, we're making sure you have the best options, you're getting optimized, and you're saving the most amount of money. Yeah. And quite often those institutions that uh, that you end up with, that you deal with as a mortgage broker, end up being the bank that you started with to begin with, only with a better package. Definitely. And yeah. it's, it's, again, showing the blind side because when you work for a lender, they have a certain way that they're positioning the deals because that's how, you know, that's what makes the best profit for the bank. Sure. But for us, it's showing you everything and saying, hey. As we wrap up here, Angela, I wanted to ask you, because I know that you're really good at this, and that is some of the things that you recommend people do in general to better manage their debt or even get out of debt. Well, right now, I think anybody who owns real estate has an amazing opportunity to look at their financial picture and see exactly how they can take advantage of the equity that they've earned, whether they're taking equity out to do home renovations or taking home equity out to pay off high-interest debt. If you have a line of credit, as an example, for $10,000, and you made the minimum payment, you'd have that line of credit for 84 years paying the minimum payment. Right now, if you rolled that into a mortgage, you can save up to $250 a month and then use that savings to pay down your debt even faster at a record pace because we have record low interest rates. So if you are a homeowner right now and you have outside debt, you have an immense opportunity to take advantage of it right now. That's a great answer. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the brevity of it given our time. But what do you do in the situation where there's that uncertainty? I mean, at some point, these interest rates are going to go up and many people are going to be caught in the position of having to shell out more money on a monthly basis. And many of those same people are not going to be prepared for that. Absolutely not. When you work with an accredited mortgage professional, what we do is we work on a strategy, again, based on affordability. So as an example, at the Angela Keller Mortgage Team, when you get a mortgage with us, each and every year we're letting you know how much to increase your payments to protect you against future payment shock. And so even if interest rates doubled, you'd still have a lower mortgage payment than what was available in the current market. And so you'd still be able to afford your existing mortgage provided that you follow the free strategies and the free ongoing mortgage management that we provide for you. And that's why when we start with the mortgage process, it's about what you can afford, not how much you can qualify for. Got to leave it there, Angela. Got to let you go. We're just out of time. I just want to mention that your website is angelacala.ca. One L in Angela, two in Cala, angelacala.ca. Listen to The Mortgage Show on CKNW every Saturday night at 7. And with that, my sincere thanks for spending some time with us this morning. My pleasure. And we'll talk again soon. We do have to take a break. We'll get caught up with the, the news desk at CKNW. And then we're going to go into another aspect of money and financing and trading. That's next on Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. 
We reach out to experts in a variety of fields and endeavors. This morning, we're going to talk about personal investment, financial education, and wealth planning, and to tell you how you can register and come to a free workshop to learn about trading. Merlin Rothfeld is an online trading academy product development manager, trader, instructor, and host of Power Trading Radio. Good morning. Nice to have you with us. Good morning, Ian. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I just want to go through your resume very quickly to uh, let our listener know just uh, what an in-depth background you have, a degree in business finance. You've worked for financial planning firms, have been actively trading on your own since 1998. You've taught for some banks throughout Europe, created the first live trading lab at a European university, taught trading and investing at an Italian university. And with all of that, you still host a live daily show on trading and investing. So that's a pretty impressive resume. Uh, we're glad to have this expertise with us this morning. So the first question I have for you is, why do most people lose money when it comes to the financial markets? <laughs> well, bottom line is most people just don't know what they're doing. I mean, if, if your listeners just think about how they learn about finance and investing, they're probably watching TV programs and listening to some proclaimed expert in the financial arena bottom line is these people don't have a plan. They're listening to someone else's expert advice, and the realization is that these people are making money off of other people's decisions. For example, uh, your broker. You know, these are, in my mind, they're like a mosquito out there just sucking the blood out of your financial account. They're taking money away from you. So you're listening to their advice, understanding how the markets work from their perspective, and these people are making money off of the retail investor making bad decisions. So people lose money because they don't know what they're doing. They're taught wrong from the get-go, and they have no plan or approach on how to make money consistently in the financial market. So it really does come down to educating yourself and knowing what you're doing and not necessarily relying on the advice of others. Yeah. I mean, look, we could all get pieces of information from so-called professionals and experts, but the bottom line is these people are driving around in Porsches and Ferraris and Bentleys because of they're making money off of the individual investor. And if we look at our personal accounts, understand exactly what we're buying, exactly what we're selling, time these markets, you can do a lot better without these people in your lives, period. You, don't, you do not need them in your life at all. You can, unless there's a legal requirement, of course, for certain uh, accounts, but you can do all of the decisions that they make by yourself. And we have been brainwashed to believe that as retail investors, that we cannot make adequate decisions for our long-term accounts, our short-term accounts, et cetera. And that, to me, is a, is a fallacy that we suffer around the world. It's not just the U.S., it's not just Canada, it's, it's Europe, it's all over the world. People have been led down the same path where we make somebody else rich for, I'll just say, inadequate skill set. These, these professionals don't really know what they're doing, but they make us believe that they do. Yeah, well, they know enough to make themselves pretty rich. Yeah. Got to give them credit for that. It was it uh, was it Steve Forbes or, or someone recently said that we're headed for a second Great Depression. Does that resonate with you? And and if it does, can anything be done about it? Well, you know, I love Steve Forbes. I, I really respect the man. But let's just be honest. That's just an opinion. We could we could look at opinions from everybody out there. And, and I'm not going to live my life in fear based on the second Great Depression coming. Do I believe that it's coming? Uh, absolutely. I, I do think that there's another Great Depression coming, but. If it comes or doesn't come, personally in my investing world, my trading world, it's irrelevant. The reason I say that is because I'm positioning myself at all times 
for market correction. I'm positioning myself for bull market rallies. So I'm really looking at the market saying, what are you going to give me? Which, which direction do I have a higher probability of making money? And if you look at your retirement accounts, I know a lot of individuals up there in Canada with their RSP accounts, um, your 2008, 2009 returns are probably something that right now you're cringing, thinking about. Look, if that happens again, I, I'm embracing it. I'm looking forward to a market crash. Hmm. Uh, at present, I'm actually positioned short in the market because I do believe we're going to have a correction. Um, and if it does sell off, that's great for me. I, I look forward to these events. I don't think it's something we should live in fear of. I think we should be prepared. And as you said, get educated on as far as how to deal with a 20% decline in the market, a 40% or even a 50% decline. I don't want to be the one crying in my beer over lost money. I want to be celebrating because I made money during a market correction. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, is that if there is a, a so-called correction or a big depression coming, that if you are better prepared, you're better able to, and I hate to use the word exploit, but exploit any opportunities that might be available during that downturn. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I you shouldn't feel bad about using that term, Ian. It, it is exploitation. It's and really, it's about opportunity. I mean, you know, there's that old saying that says that if you're walking along and you see a penny on the ground, it's not worth your time to pick it up. We're no longer talking about pennies anymore. I mean, it, it's like walking along saying, if you see a you know a $1,000 bill sitting on the ground, is it worth your time to pick it up? And the answer is, heck yeah, it is. So <laughs> it is about opportunity. It is about planning. And, and just at a minimum, educate yourself and say, do I know how to make money if the markets crash? If you don't, then you are already way behind the curve. You need to educate yourself because you, you have to be able to understand how to make money when markets correct. What is disturbing, uh, if this is true, that 30 per, 33% of workers, the people that have jobs, have less than $1,000 saved for their retirement? That's just crazy. It is. It, and I mean, it's... I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm lost for words when I think about $1,000. If you think about your daily budget, or, or let's just say monthly budget, on how much you spend on food, um, your homes, your cars, and then think, what do you have left over? You, it's more than $1,000. I'm pretty sure about that. So, yeah, this, I believe it was American, Re, American Retirement Research Institute. I, I believe that was the organization. Uh, every year they do a poll on retirement planning, and it's getting progressively worse. Uh, the number that's really jumped out there, as you pointed out, is that 33% of workers have less than $1,000 saved. And um, if any of your listeners are in that boat, it, it's a, it should be a serious wake-up call. Uh, I was looking at some other statistics that say from, I believe, 65 on, you, the average couple will spend $250,000 just in medical expenses. We're not talking about you know other expenses, just medical. So the bottom line here is, People are grossly underprepared for retirement, and it's something that we need to think about. I, I really sincerely hope that your listeners don't believe that the government's going to take care of everything for them, and it's going to be just one gravy train once they retire. We have to be proactive. We have to be constantly building our wealth. We have to be growing, and it's not a rapid, uh, not looking for rapid increases, but consistently grow our accounts so that when you do get to that point, we go, you know what, I don't want to work anymore, or I'm going to retire, I want to live my life and enjoy it. You've got a nest egg to do that with. And if you're looking at, you know, even under twenty or $30,000 in your retirement account, that still is nowhere near enough that you're going to need to support yourself. So mm -hmm. it really is circling back around to this kind of discussion this morning about planning, about educating yourself and saying, okay, I have some money or I have an income stream. How can I leverage that and grow it? And there's so many different steps that you can take, but it really is about empowering yourself and getting an education.
couple more questions. I know there's a, a free workshop coming up, and we'll get to that, and we'll mention it uh, if anybody wants to participate. But I have a couple more questions that I do want to ask you, and that is about mutual funds. Uh, good or bad investment? Ponzi scheme. Total scam. Run for the hills, people. If somebody's putting you in mutual funds, you're the sucker. I'm sorry, Ian. Was that a little too forceful? <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I'm one of those people who doesn't cut corners. I mean, I, I go straight forward. And um, look, if you are in mutual funds, unless it's mandatory, meaning maybe in an RRSP, that's all that you can buy, okay. But you need to be selective about it. And I'll tell you why. Here, here's what we have in, in California or the U.S. Is, is a total scam perpetrated by financial institutions. Yes, a scam. You guys can send me hate mail if you want, but it's a scam. Mutual funds, all it is is a collection of securities that are traded on the open market. So these mutual fund companies will gather, I don't know, it can be anywhere from, let's say, 30 to 1,000 different stocks, and they make a basket of these, and they sell it to you in a mutual fund. You can't trade it during the day, meaning you can only buy it and sell it at what's called the NAV at the end of the trading day. You can also be stuck with a ton of fees. For example, there's a thing called a 12B1 fee, which is a sales and marketing fee, which can be up to one and a quarter percent. You also have front end loads, meaning, hey, you know what, consumer, we want to charge you 2% or 3% or 5% or even more just to buy this basket of security. And there are so many hidden fees in mutual funds that the retail investor can end up paying maybe 8% just to buy these funds. And why would you pay an 8% premium to buy something that you can do on your own with other instruments? that have fees that are under 1%. Now you're thinking, so what? What's, what's 3 or 4%? If you just gain 1% rate of return on your retirement account over you know, 20 or 30 years, you're talking potentially a million dollars or more for 1%. Well, what if I can save 5% or 7%? So there are investment vehicles that we can use that are get us away from this fee-laden industry, which just makes your bank and your brokers and your financial advisors rich. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to beat on them too bad. There are some definitely good people out there in the financial world, but at least wake up and understand what it is you're buying, how much extra you're paying for nonsense, and find solutions that can save you money. I think that's the best point that you've made, frankly, on that, is that uh, if you educate yourself and know what you're talking about, whoever is working for you, at least you'll have some idea whether they're acting in your interest or not and doing what they are uh, hired to do. Uh, because of time, I want to move along because I've got a few things here that I, I, I've got to get to before we uh, get on to the Online Trading Academy workshop. Uh, the concept of buy and hold investing, I wanted your comments on that. Yeah, this is a legacy system. You know, you mentioned early on in my resume my finance degree, which I look back and personally I look at my finance degree as detrimental to me as a professional investor and trader because it teaches us this idyllic way that things are supposed to work. And I, I personally believe it's not the markets do not work the way that we see them in textbooks. And textbooks tell you that buy and hold. Just buy something, and over time it's going to go up. In theory, that might be close to true, but in reality, there are many companies that just go bankrupt and disappear. I actually held a company into bankruptcy. That's why I feel so strongly about this. Buy and hold does not work. Uh, if you believe buy and hold works, then you spent the last eight or maybe even nine years sitting around waiting for your RRSP account to get back up to break even from when it sold off in 2008. Buy and hold is an archaic system that basically says, I'm just going to keep buying. I have no clue what I'm doing. What I preach and what Online Trading Academy preaches is time the market. You know, right now we're at all very close to historic highs in the market. So why would I want to be buying a ton of stuff right now? 
it's a risky opportunity to be getting into. So we want to be more of a market timer, which industries tell you that you cannot do. They say, don't time the market. That's what they're doing. So let's do what these institutions do. Let's follow what the big banks are doing and understand how they make money. Because let's be honest, who's making more money? You or your broker and their bank? They, the bank is making all the money. And they are timing the market. They are not buy and hold investors. These people are out there actively making decisions, going long, meaning making money when markets go up, going short when markets go down. And we have to be doing the same thing and using probability to make higher probability trades. Talking to Merlin Rothfeld of Online Trading Academy. In our remaining moments, uh, let's talk a little bit about Online Trading Academy. What is it? Who's it for? And uh, let's talk about this workshop that's coming up. Yeah, Online Trading Academy is the largest dedicated financial education school in the world. We have 39 physical brick-and-mortar centers around the world. So, you know, you hear these things on the radio all the time, these infomercials, and come to our hotel seminar. No, we are a physical brick-and-mortar building. We're there to support people because the goal, our mission statement, is to transform lives through exceptional trading and investing education. That's the goal of the company. Um, so we have, as I mentioned, 39 physical brick-and-mortar offices. We've got over 100 professional traders who all send in their trading statements. They have to be active, successful traders to be an instructor at our school. Um, there's, nine, I believe, 98 classrooms around the world. And what we do is we offer training and education on every asset class, options, futures, commodities, real estate, uh, currencies. We even have things for, uh, let's say, annuities and financial planning resources, credit. So if it has to deal with money and how we can capitalize and use money to make more with it, we teach classes on that. Uh, we do it in a method which is, like I mentioned, physical, live. You're trading with real money in our uh, state-of-the-art classrooms. Our one up in Vancouver has got an amazing new classroom out there with all the new technology. You're trading live with real money. And then once you're done with that class, you have the ability to retake classes as many times as you want on a space-available basis at any center around the world. And I'm willing to bet you, Ian, that you're all in the modern university. It's not going to just say, hey, Ian, come back and take classes for free with us. <laughs> we do because we believe that education and continual education is the way to become successful in the financial market. Right. So you've got a free workshop to learn about trading coming up. I've got a phone number here. It's one triple eight seven nine nine trade is that the right number? That's the one. Pretty simple. Triple eight seven nine nine trade uh, website. If you want to have a look, is powertradingradio.com. You're on Twitter and on Facebook, so there's a good social network there as well. Uh, Thirty-seven thousand graduates worldwide. That's uh, that's fairly impressive. Is that over a, a long period of time? Uh, the company's been around since 1997, and I feel like um, I feel like the hair club for men. Like I, I am actually a, a graduate of the program. I took online trading academies class back in 1998 um, after I came out of college, and it's just been, you know, it's it's almost to write a book about my experiences. It's just life changing what I learned there, and now I'm applying things on a daily basis and, and changing people's lives with the material that that we teach. So it it's an unbelievable experience. I would encourage your listeners to come check out a free workshop. And see if this is something that you want to pursue. And honestly, if your goal is to be financially successful and independent, then it is for you. Uh, but come by the workshop, check it out, and see if you can kick the tires of the center and say hi to the people out there at the Vancouver office. We've got an amazing team out there to help people achieve their financial needs. Okay, I'll give you the number one more time if you're interested. The Online Trading Academy, 888-799-TRADE, T-R-A-D-E. 
uh, to register and uh, take part in the free workshop to learn about trading. Also go online if you want more information on the website. It's Power Trading Radio. That's one word, powertradingradio.com. I was going to actually, I was going to register that, that name, Power Trading Radio, but apparently you got it first. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Merlin Rothfeld from Online Training Academy is our guest, uh, and our thanks to you for spending some time with us this morning. My pleasure, Ian. Thank you so much. All the best to you. A break on Vancouver Consumer, and we'll be back in just a moment on News Talk 980 CKNW. If you'd like to comment on anything you hear on Vancouver Consumer, we invite you to call the buzz line, 604-331-2899, 604-331-BUZZ. Your uh, comments are welcome. You can text to that phone line, or you can leave a comment, or you can tweet at us, at CKNW, or go to the CKNW Facebook page. Again, your input is always welcome on anything that you hear on Vancouver Consumer. Are you, like a lot of people, suffering from password rage? The growing number of passwords computer users need to remember to conduct their lives is leading to what is now known as a new phenomenon, password rage. A third of people admit to becoming angry and enraged after struggling to remember their login details. I'll bet you that's happened to you. I've uh, actually resorted now to using a 1Password system that uh, works with everything that I've got online as far as the password goes. Here's one of those questions that uh, you might not get often asked. Uh, Is it offensive to charge your wedding guests? 
on the internet, a woman says she's been invited to a wedding and tickets are $150. Yeah. The bride and groom are charging, and apparently this trend is becoming more and more common. Amila, you were just at a wedding. Would you uh, would you go to your friend's or relative's wedding if they were charging $150? No, because if they really loved me, they would want me there. <laughs> well, you know, you I'm think... I'm already spending money on getting my hair done, my makeup done, getting my outfit, and now you want me to... Like buy tickets to come to your wedding? That's, it seems a bit bizarre, but now I mean, what's a, you were just at a wedding. I know you were at a big wedding. I mean, what's the price tag on a wedding these days? It's it's could be ten, twenty. I've heard weddings that are thirty and forty thousand dollars. Well, the average, um, like, say four hundred guests Indian wedding two days in a hall, you're looking at about twenty to thirty thousand. Big chunk of change. Yeah. So. If and it's mostly it's the parents that pay. But let's say you're an average income family, uh, then maybe it's not so unreasonable. Forego the gift, which you probably spend that anyway, and charge $150. I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's a great idea. I'm trying to rationalize. That's all I'm trying to do. Starbucks says that it's planning to build its largest store ever. It'll take up to 20,000 square feet. Uh, monorail not included. Uh, There's a surge in the number of people buying adult coloring books, and that's threatened pencil stocks worldwide as manufacturers struggle to cope with an increased demand for colored pencils. The world's biggest wooden pencil manufacturer, Faber-Castell, says they're experiencing double-digit growth in the sales of artist pencils and have been forced to run more shifts in their German factory just to keep up. Who would have thunk that? Uh, Two websites that make you the angriest have teamed up for collaboration. Ticketmaster announced on Monday that by the end of this month, the company will be selling event tickets directly through Facebook. Tattoos have a, a profound form of personal expression. They're also very permanent. Ink Hunter is a new app that lets you try out different tats without the need for imagination or multiple removal procedures. It has a large gallery of pre-made sketches for you to try out. You can also load your own artwork, artwork that is. Uh, just take a photo of your body part and start laying the tattoos on it. In fact, if you go online, there's a video to show you just how to do that. <laughs> I just don't know. Everything's online. You can make money, lose money, and now you can apparently try out your tattoo before you have it placed, which is probably not a bad idea because a lot of people that have tattoos uh, decide that in five years or ten years that maybe that wasn't such a good idea after all. Thank you for your time this morning on Vancouver Consumer. Amila Bamji is our technical producer. I'm sticking around, and I hope you will too, in for CKNW Weekend with Shane Foxman, who is off, and we'll be right back on News Talk 980 CKNW.